It is Thursday, the 13th day of January, 2022. And I just got done reading an article about a new COVID cure that is sure to sweep the nation. Urine therapy, that's right. First horse pills and now piss. It's a cycle of foolishness that I don't think will ever stop. Seriously, think about it. It's never going to stop. And it's not because, you know, the the virus itself is going to go away. Nope. It's the continued stupidity of people that are going to, it's going to keep this thing rolling. Here's the thing, okay? If drinking your own urine is somehow a proven panacea for the Rona, have at it. Go nuts. I'd be willing to guess that uh, most people are all set. But there is, of course, as with everything, a certain subsection of the population that will have no problem tasting the golden spray, regardless of its supposed medicinal qualities. But there's another different subset of Neanderthals that will start chugging piss because some crazy douchebag online said it was cool. Here's my thing, right? Imagine thinking that something that your own kidneys... Your own kidneys have deemed to be actual waste was somehow going to be an antidote for a specific viral contagion. Imagine thinking that. I just... And I, I say this on, on this stupid fucking show all the time. I can't wrap my fucking brain around it. I can't wrap my brain around this. Sure, there are plenty of... Um, uh, cultures that that drink their own urine. Here's the problem, right? When your body is accustomed to drinking your own waste, it becomes accustomed to drinking your own waste. If you're a <laughs> if you're a uh, a, a middle aged sow in Alabama, and you decide, hey, uh, fucking jerk off Magoo on the internet just said that. Uh, you know, drinking my own piss will cure this cough. If you start drinking your own waste, it's going to make you sick. That's just what's going to happen. So if you happen to be a middle-aged sow from the somewhere, you know, I shouldn't pick on Alabama. That's rude. Even though they fucked me the other night. Fucking Alabama. God damn it. How do you lose to that team? Not, how do you lose to that quarterback? Whatever. Anyways, uh, if you happen to be listening, please, for the love of God, do not drink your own piss. And if you are listening to this and you're not a piss drinker, and look, if you are, fine, have at it. I don't really care what you do. If that's your bag, go crazy. Just don't go around telling people it's going to cure fucking COVID. Okay? Thanks. All that and more on episode number 104. The WBCN episode, The Rock of Boston. I still miss that fucking station, honestly. And it's, when I think about it, it reminds me of being a kid. Because <clears throat> as a child, driving around in one of my father's uh, many shit boxes, uh, BCN was always on. You know, back in the 80s, BCN was a little bit different than what it became in the early 2000s when it started, you know, changing format and trying to be hip and cool, even though to me, it was always hip and cool. I was honestly legitimately devastated when BCN went away because it was the kind of thing that, you know, you cling to and it's something that's been there for literally your entire life. 2009 goes away. I was, how old was I? 31 years old. So for 31 years, that was there. And it's, you know, and if you like music, if you like that kind of music, and, and that was an outlet for you, obviously things have changed. So who knows if, if it would still be around today. I mean, you got ZLX, which is kind of like a, a BCN light, which I think I think uh, my buddy Donnie, I think that was what he described. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even think we were talking about BCN. No, we were talking about uh, 92.9. Which, by the way, is now BCN Lite. Uh, Adam 12 at lunch, Hardy in the afternoon, so it's BCN Lite. 
But anyways, it's just, it sucks. It's one of those things that when, when it's gone, you miss it. And you kind of took it for granted for a very long time. And so, like I said, when I think about all the, all the, not, it's not, it wasn't even so much like the DJs. Cause I wasn't like a, the biggest fan of the shows. It was just the music. So this, they'll, especially like in the nineties, you hear, I'll hear some songs now and it automatically I'm thinking BCN, which is, you know, it's funny. Like the toadies. Anytime I hear the toadies, I think BCN. Why? No fucking clue. But good times. I miss it. I miss like the, the announcer guy. The Rock of Boston, WBCN. See, I can't do it, but you know, that guy. I don't even know if it was an actual guy. It was probably just, you know, manipulated sound, but whatever. I miss it. I think I've mentioned Have I said that? Have I said that I missed BCN? Anyways, um, a lot of shit to talk about today. Very excited for this show. Uh, legitimately excited. I have a handful of topics, one of which I am so fucking pissed off about. I cannot wait to talk about it. And that's all right here, right now. Complaints and observations. Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Oh, thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Greatly appreciate you joining the program. That's going to be, that's a, it's going to be a fucking staple of the program. That just cracks me up. Fuck, honestly, I could listen to that all day. (laughs) Anyways, hey, what's up? Welcome to the show. Listen, listen. Have you seen that guy on Instagram, the uh, the Southern dude who, like, plays a video uh, that, you know, whatever it is, and then it he makes a – it cuts to him sitting in his car, and he makes a joke, and then he says, listen, and then he gives you, like, a fun fact. I think his name's, like, Justin Hunley, Justin Turner Hunley or something like that. Uh, cracks me up every time. That dude is terrific. Check him out on the gram. Anyways, <clears throat> so how's it going? Hope you're well. Um, things are up in the air here at, uh, the broadcast palace. Uh, COVID has entered the home. Unfortunately, uh, my darling wife, uh, contracted it from probably some savage up in Buffalo on a work trip. So I've been, uh, partially tending to her needs and partially vanishing from the house for three days. I've done both. Not proud of it. But uh, quite frankly, I don't want the fucking shit. So, and uh, she was fine with it, allegedly. But whatever, it is what it is. So, as I mentioned, um, I have some things to talk about today. And this is going to come off as one of those episodes where uh, I'm ranting and raving about shit that, one, I, I, I don't have... Hmm, what's the right word? It's not really my place in some instances, uh, at least in one, uh, to rant and rave about because I don't know the intimate details. You know what? Fuck, I'm just going to start with that. So this girl, Harmony Montgomery in New Hampshire, if you are, um, and I don't know what the, I don't know if this is a nationwide story or not, but if it's not, it should be. For some reason, every now and again, these stories um, jump out at me, and and I just get irrationally angry 
Okay. And I say irrationally because there's a couple of reasons. One, I don't have children. Two, I'm not the biggest fan of children. You know, I'm a fan enough. Okay. <clears throat> as long as they leave, I like them. But only in like short uh, bursts of about, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Anyways, um, I this this makes me angry. And my guess is that you're going to hear it in the tone of my voice and the way that I talk about this. Right from the top, like I need to know way more about what we're being told. And I try to keep up with it, but again, it just makes me so fucking pissed off. The girl has not been seen since October of 2019, which is now two plus years. Think about, just thinking about, think about that, okay? When you hear that, you're like, what the fuck is that about? It's crazy, right? The more you dig into this thing, the more depressing it becomes. And it's depressing all the way around. But like, what the fuck is going on in New Hampshire when a little girl isn't seen or heard from in more than two years? What the fuck? The backstory, okay? Mother, father. Uh, not the best people, okay? <clears throat> Substances, uh, rap sheets that are very long. And what ended up happening however many years ago, and I don't, again, this is why I, I say that I'm not like the best uh, subject on this or, or source on this, I should say. But the mother had substance abuse problems. The father also had substance abuse problems. Somehow, a judge in Massachusetts uh, deemed that she wasn't fit, so she had both of her children taken from her. Uh, the biological father of her youngest child apparently either was unknown or wanted nothing to do with it, whereas the biological father for, the, for her daughter, Harmony, uh, lived in New Hampshire. The judge decided to give custody to the father. Basically ignoring this fucking guy's criminal history and the fact that he also had substance abuse issues. The guy served 18 months in prison and somehow still got custody. Just kind of tells you like what kind of shape the mother was in. If that was the case. I mean, that right there is enough to fucking send you over the edge, right? And apparently, and I, I wish I wrote this part down, but I didn't. Apparently, there's some sort of, like, form or program or something that a judge is supposed to put in place when custody is given to a parent who lives outside of that state. For some reason, in this particular incident, incident that did not happen. So basically, what happened on that day is the judge said, hey, the dad has custody of the girl. Off she went, and that was... They fucking wipe their hands of it. Done. Because mass DCF, as far as it has been reported, did nothing. Whether or not there was any communication with the New Hampshire Department of Children and Youth, uh, Children, Youth, and Families, which is D DCYF as opposed to Massachusetts DCF, because Massachusetts just can't call something like everybody else does. They always have to be fucking different. Or it's the other way around. I don't know. Either way. <clears throat> Eventually, uh, the mother got clean, which is awesome. Good for her. Uh, her son, still in foster care, eventually gets adopted by uh, a gay couple in Washington, D.C. Open adoption. And the mother is very much involved. It's a nice story. That part is great. <clears throat> These parents, uh, the adopted parents of the son, are keeping up this illusion that the sister is still alive because they don't know. And apparently their son remembers his sister and, and, and asks about her to the point where these parents apparently would like get Christmas gifts for her and all kinds of shit when they knew nothing about the girl other than the fact that she existed at some point. Somehow a conversation takes place where these parents say to the, the mother, the biological mother, hey, uh, you should probably do a little, uh, you know, try to find this girl, reconnect with her, do something. Well, at that point, she, she tries to find her, can't find her. Can't find her, can't find the father. Gone. 
she starts calling uh, the New Hampshire Department of Children, Youth, and Families. And they don't return her phone calls. They don't return her calls, her letters, her requests, not just to her, but to a bunch of people in her family. And this goes on for a while. And eventually the poor woman is at the end of her rope. So what does she do? She goes to the mayor of Manchester, New Hampshire and says, this is fucking bullshit. And if I don't get any sort of help here, I'm going to go to the press. Well, apparently that's what it took. Because then uh, DCYF reached out to her and said, hey, we'll, you know, we're here to do something. They meet one time and that was it. Almost 40 days later, they let her know, yeah, we can't find her. And that's when the fucking press got involved. And it's like, are you fucking serious? Like, what an, what an outright fucking travesty that this poor woman, who's already been through enough, and look, she, she readily admits that she's fucked up. She's admitted that part. So let's get past that, okay? Let's get past the fact that she fucked up. She knows she fucked up. And at that point, now it's in the hands of the state. State of Massachusetts and the state of New Hampshire. What happened? What the fuck happened? I mean, just th just think about it. Not, I mean, not just these uh, two states, but like neighbors. Like, do they not fucking realize that this girl hadn't been around for two years? All of a sudden, uh, gone. Not, not. That's that's kind of a bad thing to say because apparently this father was such a shitbag that you know he moved around a lot and this, that, and the other. Um, you know, people reported seeing this girl with a black eye, like in July of 2019. It's like, how the fuck do you not call the cops right then and there? How do you not fucking do that? Like, I mean, and even if it's a fucking innocent mistake, guess what? You still got to fucking do that shit. If you see a little kid with a black eye, you got to be like, what the fuck happened to the kid? Number one. And then number two, did you fucking beat your kid? And if there's any hesitation or any pushback, boom, you're calling the cops. Like, get the fuck out of here with that crap. And if, if for nothing else, then it sort of gets the, you know, gets the ball moving, right? And then maybe at that point, DCYF is involved again. I don't know. Again, not the best source here, but this is me just being really fucking mad at this thing. So anyways, almost 40 days go by, right? when they said, hey, we can't find your kid. And then at that point, the cops are trying to find the fucking father. Can't find him. You know how they did find him? This piece of shit was sleeping in a car somewhere, and a cop happened to see this guy in, in the car and found him completely by fucking accident. A complete fucking lucky break where they found this fucking guy in a car. They find him, they ask him, and he's not saying shit. Which tells you fucking one thing. He's fucking buried this kid somewhere. She's dead. She's absolutely fucking dead. You know what the worst part is? This poor girl. This poor fucking girl. She had no chance. From the day that she fucking came to this planet, she had no fucking chance. None. Not a one. And even worse is that she's been forgotten. Literally forgotten. Except... Uh, by her uh, stepmother, who was collecting her social security checks somehow for the last fucking uh, two years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Another shitbag. But flat out forgotten. It, you know, it makes you wonder, <clears throat> like the extended family, right? Who were on TV putting up fucking posters all of a sudden. Like, why didn't you fucking do that two years ago? How do you, how do you not know what's going on with this fucking kid? Even if you're not intimately involved in their life, wouldn't it dawn on you at some point, like, geez, I haven't heard anything about, about this kid. Like, maybe I should check in, or maybe I should make a call, or send a text message, or fucking anything. Do something. Nothing. I'm sure there'll be all kinds of tributes and vigils for her that are, you know, ready-made for the local media to come out and say how troubling or sad the whole thing is. You know what? Yeah, it is fucking sad. 
the fact that this girl's probably killed by her own father and then left to rot somewhere. That's the likely ending here, right? She's not going to be alive. I mean, look, I fucking hope she is. The worst part is, how many other fucking kids, you know, are in this similar situation? This shit happens every single fucking day in this country. Every fucking day. But, and, and nah, I'm not going to say that because that's fucked up. That's a, that's a whole other can of worms that I don't even really want to get into. But this thing, this thing has, has made me so fucking mad. And every time I, I, I try to stay away from it and not read about it because it literally fucking boils my blood. To think that children are, are you know, that this happens... How, how many how many unreported incidents are there it's a and it's a stupid fucking thing to say because look we all know that there's a shit ton of them what do you do what can you do you literally you can't do anything right I just feel awful I feel bad for the mother I feel even worse for like the little uh for the brother who obviously remembers his sister, but his sister is gone. And it, it's almost as if the, the fucking, however old he is, Christ, he's probably six or seven years old, and he's the only one that's, that's actually kept any sort of semblance of a memory of this girl for the last two plus years. How fucked up is that? And man, oh man, if they do find this poor girl's body and they find out that this father uh, killed her, I mean, I want to, I I want to be the one fucking pull the switch, flip the switch, whatever, and fry this fucker. It's not going to happen. I mean, honestly, the, the, the execution should be reserved for people that kill children. That should be it. Every other thing, it's like, okay, well, you know, obviously it's, you know, situational. But it, it, not not enough bad shit could happen to this guy. If that's what happened. Seriously, not enough bad shit. And that was 15 minutes of nothing. Just me being fucking pissed off. I'm going to be pissed off again, too. And talk about something far less important. Uh, Ron DeSantis is continuing a line of dumb Republicans. Problem with with Ron is that he's entirely unoriginal, and that he's just ripped off Donald Trump's shtick. Yet he isn't nearly uh, savvy enough to know how to connect outside of of the state of Florida. I hate politics, honestly. I hate it. What I hate more is uh, grifty, shifty, bullshit politicians, of which now make up about ninety percent of politicians, probably more. On both sides of the aisle, mind you, okay? But this guy, this guy's laughably stupid. I mean, honestly, he's he's managed to just be, uh, somehow get attention uh, by just being, like, anti-shit. Like, there's no, there's no, like, uh, general sort of uh, path forward for, for literally anyone other than himself. Like, that's all he cares about. Let's be let's be serious, okay? Florida has is always been a fucking uh, weird cesspool. Uh, he's just sort of now the the guy holding the shit pump at this point. It it doesn't matter. It's just you know, the city of Miami, for example, for example, is the single most corrupt place on the planet. I'm convinced of that. The entire city is weird as fuck, corrupt as fuck, and literally sinking. Not that it has anything to do with this bullshit rant. But the thing of it is, right, this guy has the fullest intention of running for president. And the best part about it is that it's going to tear apart that that party. Like, it's going gun, it's gun to get fucked up. But with this guy, okay, he's going to attract the blind loyalists that will continue to blindly follow. Uh, but... He can't. What what can he bring to the to the table to attract, uh, you know, the center right or the center? The thing about Trump 
he was very good at manipulating a crowd. Okay. He was very, he could easily get people to watch him. It's like that old line in, in private parts with, uh, about Howard Stern, that Howard Stern movie where someone was talking to pig vomit about his ratings, like in the average listener time. And it was like, you know, Oh, you know, the average Howard lover listens to Howard an hour and a half a day just because they want to hear what he has to say. And the average Howard hater listens for two hours a day just because they want to hear what he has to say. It's the same thing with Trump. You paid attention because you were curious about what he was going to do. Either you loved what he said or you wanted to make fun of him. One of the two. It's an unbelievable quality. Again, He's a shyster and a grifter and a douche. But man, oh man, was he good and is he good at marketing Donald Trump? The funny part about it is is he failed so many times before he decided to actually seriously run for president. Stakes, universities, airlines, casinos, all failures. And then all of a sudden he gets his TV show and it's like, oh, he's a business genius. No, he's just really good at fucking talking and being on television and marketing himself. Did not make him a good president at all. But this guy, Ron DeSantis, he's just the fucking low-rent Donald Trump, which is an amazing shtick to pull off. It just doesn't, you know... Here's, Here's a good... Comparison. It, I shouldn't say good. It's not good, but I think it's, I think it's accurate. Nirvana and Donald Trump had a lot in common. Not a lot. Some things in common. Both were able to repackage an existing idea into something new and run with it. Okay. Trump took Nixon's basic ideas, teamed up with shitbags like Steve Bannon. And then took all the crap that Nixon said in private and just did it out in the open. Nirvana borrowed from the Melvins, Green River, Skin Yard, Soundgarden, etc. And then nailed it with Smells Like. Just taking existing ideas and adding a little spice to make it something different, right? It's not new, just different. Your overall point here is that There are going to be a ton of grifters like DeSantis trying to to get the nomination in 2024, including Donald Trump, which leads me to to believe that none of them are going to be dominant. Sleepy Joe could get in again, win this thing, and then create some kind of weird like weekend at Bernie scenario. That's what I'm thinking. And it's just, you know... You get DeSantis going up there saying things just to say things. Like the big thing that suddenly he cares about kids. You don't. Like, let's let's be honest. I shouldn't say that. That's, That's kind of a dumb thing to say, David. Don't do that. It's the impression. But the current obsession by the right of like being super pro education. When they're really not. Like they want, they want... They want their constituents to be dumb enough to leave them alone, to let them get away with shit. Then again, that's a lot of both sides, but less, I, I think, less on the left, especially on the far left. Now I've got this like weird thing, like fucking Joe Biden with sunglasses and, a, and yellow pants and a hat. <laughs> And Jonathan Silverman is like his new, his new chief of staff, and he's he's with him all the time, just kind of holding him up. <laughs> who was the other guy? It was Jonathan Silverman, and ah, oh, who was the other fucking guy? Oh damn it, it's gonna bother. You. I want to say Peter Scolari, but it, you know, dearly departed Peter Scolari, but it wasn't Peter Scolari. Someone who looked like Peter Scolari. Do you know who Peter Scolari is? Probably not. Some of you do. Fuck. That's a funny image. I'm sorry, but that's funny. What else am I going to talk about? Uh, Some other shit. Back in the flash. 
I wasn't intending for this particular episode to go as long as it's probably going to go, so my apologies. Here we are halfway through. Uh, Novak Djokovic. Arguably one of the top five best tennis players in the history of the sport. Also, arguably one of the top five biggest douchebags in the history of the sport. Another one of these fucking athletes I'm just tired of. Just stop. Here's the thing, okay? Australia is a mess. And they are—they have vicious lockdowns. I mean, vicious. But they're still having this fucking tennis tournament for some weird-ass reason. It's like, ooh, well, it's very important that we have a tennis tournament with nobody there for some weird-ass reason. I don't know. Like, if you're that... If you're that hung up on this thing, then, you know, go full fucking bore, all right? Either go full bore like they are or don't or don't go at all. Like pick. You, you can't have it both ways. That's the that's the thing about this. You can't have it both ways. Like let people in, have them wear a mask, call it a day, move on. 90% of the country's fucking vaccinated. 90. Which is insane most of the people that aren't are like the aborigines out in the fucking western part the northern part of australia where it's you know desert and the people that live there are natives and they're like you know not going to clinics to get a fucking shot that in that instance might you know have some real dire effects but you know the guy comes out today and he's like, oh, my administrative assistant checked the wrong box. Shut the fuck up, dude. Like, you fucked up. You know what he should do, right? And this would be the honorable thing to do, okay? You've already been denied once. You somehow won this court case. And now, really, if if whoever is in charge down there decides that they don't want to deal with your shit anymore, they can just tell you to leave. Like, that's part of the deal here. What he should do is say, you know what? That I'm going to bow out. I'll come back next year. Just just fucking leave. Just walk away. Call it a day. Okay? Like, honestly, why? He just keeps spinning around in fucking circles, and he has since the beginning. He, he was probably, like, the first guy to be a real douchebag about the whole thing. Like, the, a major sports celebrity. He's a fucking tennis player, though. He gives a fuck. And I like tennis. But whatever. I just, you know, it... I just don't understand the fucking uh, dumb bullshit with this guy. It's it's he's a fucking drama queen, big time. Wash your hands of it and go away because you know if you play and you win, people are gonna hate you even more. I shouldn't say people. That's that's rude because apparently there were people in Melbourne protesting that he was told not to not to play or told he had to leave. What kind of fucking Life do you have if you're protesting for the supposed rights of the number one tennis player in the world? Imagine getting out of bed. You're in Australia, and you're, you, you don't like the fact that everything's closed, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. You're mad. So you're going to take your, your anger to the next level. You're going to show up in front of uh, the health minister's residence, uh, yelling and screaming, making signs. You didn't do this yesterday. I shouldn't say that. You didn't do this last week when Novak Djokovic uh, you know, wasn't involved. But now that the number one tennis player on earth has somehow been wronged in your eyes, you're going to get angry. You're going to grab a pitchfork and a torch and rabble, rabble, rabble. Fucking loser. Not uh, Djokovic, because you know, he's a proven winner. On the court, winner. Off the court, dickweed. What can you do? The other day, <clears throat> I decided... To do something that uh, I haven't done ever. 
I'm going to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. I've never listened to an entire podcast. Snippets here and there. Clips when he says dumb shit. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a go. Part of the reason is because he did an episode of Carrot Top. So I'm like, okay. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a nice uh, conversation between two comic pals shooting the shit. Two seconds into it, they're like, oh, we've never met. I'm like, what? How the fuck is that possible? They're, they've been comedians for 25 to 30 years, both of them. Uh, they run in fairly similar circles. Like, these comedians, it's very incestual. They all hang out together, and, you know, that's just a thing, but whatever. So, I mean, obviously, they know all the same fucking people. Uh, top has been in Vegas for 27 years or something like that. Rogan's in Vegas all the time for UFC. How have, how have they not met before? I couldn't get over that. I'm like, what? How the fuck is that possible that these two guys, comedians, have never met Anyways, at the same time, I was interested in, in seeing like the rapport between these two. And you can tell that there would that right off the bat, you could tell that they had never met before because there was no there was no chemistry here. None. And it was very odd. But Joe Rogan loves to talk about uh, COVID. And it just seems that everything they talk about always come. He always fucking comes back. Uh, to COVID. It's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you've got Carrot Top on here who is clearly uncomfortable every time he brings it off. Like, you know, he he's... He tries to, like, like interject and say something, and you can tell he's a little uh, shy. Probably another good word for it. And he mentions that later on in the episode, how shy he really is, which doesn't surprise me. But it's like every single uh, story that Top told, like Rogan had to bring it back. Not every story, but a lot of them. It was, you know, but it ended up being a decent episode. They talked about cars and like I don't dislike Joe Rogan. I and there's a lot of things that he says that I do like, but then there's other stuff like that I just can't. Like, what the fuck's this guy talking about? It's not even really so much him. It's like his thing is he brings what he calls interesting people onto a show to talk about interesting shit. And then there's some other times where he brings people onto his show that are just pieces of shit. In my opinion. Not everybody's, obviously, but, you know, what can you do? I just find it odd. And quite frankly, the, the episode was boring. Like, they told some, some good stories. Carrot Top uh, told some good stories. It, it was just, it wasn't that exciting. It's almost as if... Uh, they probably should have met before they decided to, 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 you know, talk on this fucking podcast. They should have met beforehand. And I'm sure they did before they started recording, but they probably should have, I don't know, had a conversation over the phone just to see how it would go. But I don't think they did that. No, maybe they did. Who knows? Like, Rogan was talking about how... Uh, you know, COVID shut down the comedy clubs and it it sucked for comics. 1,000% accurate. 1,000%. He's such an odd guy. He really is an odd guy. Like, because, you know, his politics are not like crazy right wing by any means. It's just that he sort of sometimes will occasionally latch on to some of the people that, that are crazy right wing. And it gets blown out of proportion. Too. So it's guilt by association a lot of times. Because if you know anything about the guy and you've read about his upbringing and, and whatnot, uh, you know that he's not that guy. You know that he's not that guy. I just, there's no way I could listen to that twice a week for three hours. No fucking way. He's a decent interviewer. And I think when he has somebody on that like wants to get their uh, 
agenda is probably not the right word, although in some cases it is the right word, but not always. They want to get their story and their point across. You know, it's great when he has comedians on. Like I've seen a bunch of clips with, of him with different comedians, and it's funny as fuck. It's good, especially comedians he knows. Bert, I can't, I can never fucking pronounce this guy's last name. Chrysler? I don't think that's right. But like he's had, he's been on his show a couple times, and I've seen a couple clips from that. It was good. I, I, I should probably listen to it more, and I think I will moving forward. But you know, I'm, I'm going to be very selective. Um, you know, I, I, I tried listening to some other, uh, episodes with some people that I didn't particularly care for thinking, all right, let's go into this with a, a bit more of an open mind and boy, was that a mistake? Oh, no, 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 no. Which is interesting. I mean, the guy is a multi-bazillionaire. I've never listened to his, his program. And the first one I listened to with Carrot Top and, um, you know, they spent about 10 minutes watching, Don Rickles videos and uh, on YouTube, which was great just because the video that they watched was excellent. But yeah, I'm losing steam here. And I, I still have one more thing to talk about before I get to three gripes. Uh, and it kind of, it kind of touches on something that it's funny. Cause I wrote about, I wrote this down and then listened to that episode. And it was it was interesting. They were talking about I I wrote it down as when does the grind in quotes become untenable? And I say that because it's the beginning of the year, right? You see a lot of people um if you if you are on social media in any format or any sort of way, shape, or form, it's either, you know, you're on Facebook and your friends are saying that, hey, I'm, uh, my New Year's resolution is this, or I'm going to do this, or hey, check out this video of so-and-so talking about motivation and fucking, uh, you know, following your dreams and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and, and Rogan and Top were talking about you know, Rogan's like, hey, how many comics do you know um, that, you know, fucking did it for years and years and never got anywhere? And he's like, a ton. And Rogan's point was, like, when does it, when does it, when do you realize that, like, that thing that you love and that dream that you're chasing just isn't going to happen? So the beginning of the year, and it, it it's full of people telling you to change everything and live your dreams and restart your life, quit being a lazy, unfocused fuckwad. All that shit's fine and dandy. Usually the people that are telling you this are already very successful in their life anyway. Some of them, you know, you, you might know their story intimately. Others you may not. That's not to say that the ones that are that are saying these things didn't face a difficult path or whatever, but uh, where are the people who've done this for years and years and years only to constantly fall short? It's kind of shitty to say, but not everyone who works their ass off at something is going to find success. On the flip side, success is uh, deeply, deeply personal. And I would say that being acutely aware of your own progress could very well be the most important thing. The meaning of success is going to be different to everybody. And if, if for you or for whoever, the meaning is simply to work hard at a particular thing throughout the course of your life, fine. If it's to simply do this one thing forever, fine. And maybe it worked for them. I don't know. There's no magic formula, right? There's no genie to make your wishes come true, and there's no preset markers along your own path to help you along. Like, you have to do that on your own. And that's that's kind of what made me think of the initial question in the first place. When does it become untenable? How long do you keep going? My thing is that I don't 
I don't have, there was never a, uh, a moment in my youth where I said, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I've always been so envious of those people. I think it was Robert Greene. I think who, I think that was the the author. I think that's who it was. Where he's like, oh, it, it's depressing for people that don't. And I don't think that was the right word. It's frustrating more than it is depressing, because you know, everybody knows somebody who said they were going to do something at a certain point in their life, and that's what they're doing. However, many years later, 30, 40, 50, 60 years later, they're still doing that thing, whatever that thing is. And when you're not that person, you're like, oh, fuck. You're just kind of floating along. And it's frustrating. I guess, it, you know, and it probably can be depressing to some people, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, it's not entirely depressing to me. It's more frustrating, mainly because. While I'd never had that aha moment and knew exactly what I wanted to do, I've always known in the back of my mind that there was something there. I just needed to find it. And that's that's the the I guess the journey to the grind, maybe. I don't know. But how long do you keep going? If you have that aha moment and you decide you're gonna do this, but you just you know, it's fail, 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 or you know. Start, stop, start, stop. Something gets in the way. Start again. Stop. Fail. When do you stop? I just thought that question was interesting. And then, again, to hear, uh, you know, two very successful people talk about it was also interesting. It's like, shit, like, you know, how many people do you know? that knew what they wanted to do and then failed completely, bombed out totally. Or just quit or just gave up. It's not, maybe they didn't even bomb out. Maybe they just, something else came up and they had to, they had to stop. You could say that about a lot of things too. I mean, it's almost as if you sort of realize, oh shit, I should probably stop doing this or I should stop doing that. I mean, do you come to that same realization if you've had a very singular focus for your entire life and then realize, oh, man, everything that I've done my whole life and I haven't really gotten anywhere with it. So I guess on the flip side, not having that moment is kind of beneficial because it lets you sort of float around and figure, try to figure things out on your own without the aha moment. At the same time, I'm infinite, infinitely jealous of the people that knew what they wanted from a very young age and then either did it or tried to do it or have come close to do it or are sort of doing it. You know what I mean? It's almost like people who who um, get into a trade in their very young age. Maybe it was because they needed to. Maybe they wanted to. Who knows? And then they did it for the rest of their lives. Perfectly honest way to make a living and to live a life. Yeah, I sold a bunch of coolers today. That's what I'm doing with my life. And talking into a microphone <laughs> that nobody listens to. Four listeners. Let's fucking go. It's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Only 10 more minutes to go. I don't know where that came from. Sorry about that. Uh, it is time for three gripes. Gripe number one. Why do people and or companies feel the need to fuck up chicken salad? That's right. I'm talking about chicken salad on my podcast. See, when I tell people that this show is fucking terrible... This this should this should be <laughs> I should have this like engraved. I'm sorry for like snorting into the microphone there. Uh but this this should be engraved somewhere and hung up in a uh, 
museum quality space. I'm talking about chicken salad. In quotes, worst podcast ever. I'm talking about chicken salad. That's the entire plaque. Anyways, listen. I had to get some food the other day, and unfortunately I went into a Walmart. I've mentioned how many times I hate fucking Walmart, and I hated giving the money, but it was right next door to where I was at the time, so I went to the Walmart. And I bought what I hoped would be a very exciting product. It was a bumblebee package of pre-made chicken salad uh, in a can. So it had, you know, what I assumed would be chicken, mayo, spices. That's it. That's what I hoped. Because that's all that should be in chicken salad. Quit fucking around with all this other crap, okay? Like, honestly, celery? Get the fuck out of here with celery. I hate celery. When I tell you I hate celery, I hate fucking celery. Hate it. Well, Bumblebee puts celery, something else, and then water chestnuts. What the fuck, Bumblebee? Water chestnuts and fucking chicken salad? What are we trying to do here? Why are you trying to reinvent the wheel? It's mayo, chicken, spices, done. I eat a lot of chicken salad, okay? Canned chicken? Oh, my God. I fucking love canned chicken in a can. (laughs) I don't know why, but I love it. Lately, listen to this fucking move, okay? Lately, I've been putting curry powder in my chicken salad. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Holy shit. Onion powder, garlic powder, salt, very little salt, pepper, curry powder. Boom. Boom. It's fucking awesome. You know what else can go in chicken salad, too? A little uh, Dijon mustard. Dijon mustard in the chickens, it has to be like the right amount because if you put too much, it fucking overpowers the whole thing. But it gives it a nice little tang. There should never be a cranberry, a grape, uh, a walnut in chicken salad. Get that fucking shit out of my chicken salad. Get the fuck out. It's not needed. I told you I was going to get angry on this episode. Chicken fucking salad. Don't fuck it up. Gripe number two. A classic. Women drivers. Like, last Saturday morning, quarter to nine, driving down uh, first my street, and then I took a left turn, and there's a woman behind me in a white Jeep Cherokee. She is, she is on my ass in, in such a manner that she could probably see the hairs on my asshole. That's how fucking close she was to my vehicle. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on here? And she proceeded to be behind me for a majority of my ride. And I'm like, God damn it, what the fuck? I was mad. Like, I, and, and I'm not going to speed up. Fuck you. Like, if you want to pass me, go ahead. And I'm, I'm driving a fucking Honda Fit, lady. Like, yeah, there's nothing here. I got three and a half cylinders under the hood. I'm not, I'm not going 60 miles an hour down a side street just because you're riding my asshole. But then it proceeded to happen multiple times over the course of the next few days. Where women drivers up my ass. And I can't figure out why. My wife is an excellent driver. She's not a fast driver. Um, so, you know, it sounds so fucking... Oh, my wife. Not my wife. Oh, I hate women drivers, but not my wife. No, she's great. <laughs> oh, that's awful, huh? <laughs> Look, I don't know what she does when I'm not in the car. I'm a control freak, so I can't be a passenger. I hate it. It's not for me. I need to get used to it because, quite frankly, it's probably better 
to just be driven around everywhere. But um, I'm, I just, I don't understand it. Every time there's a car on my ass and I look in the rearview mirror, it's a woman every single fucking time. My buddy Jeff seems to think um, that it has to do with be like they drive as close to the car in front of them because they can't uh, like maneuver traffic otherwise. I don't. There was an actual reason behind it. I don't remember it specifically. But Jeff's wife uh, drives like a fucking crazy person. So, honestly, fucking banana land driver. (laughs) It's it's ridiculous. But man, oh man, every single fucking time, it's a woman behind me. And I can't, I cannot wrap my head around it. Another thing I can't wrap my head around this week. Like, why? What are you doing? Where are you going? Why are you in such a fucking hurry? Why are you so mad? Just, just, it's not going to change things if you are on my asshole. You are not going to suddenly, like, transport to a, to your destination uh, if you merge with my vehicle. The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to fucking damage the Honda Fit. And look, I got one strike left. I've already... I'm at three strikes with the Honda Fit. I've been rear-ended three times in this fucking thing. And I'm now that I think of it, all three times I've been rear-ended, women. <laughs> uh, you know, twice it was, they were very young, so... It's an accident. They call it an accident for a reason. They didn't do it on purpose, but whatever. Um, but fuck. Yeah, it, the only thing that's going to happen is that my car is going to be totaled. I'll be mad at you for forever because you've you know killed the Honda Fit. And it's going to be nothing but paperwork and bullshit for you if you hit my fucking car. So stop. Like, settle down, ladies. Not that any fucking women other than my wife listen to this dog shit program. But listen, tell your if you know if you know a woman, tell her slow the fuck down. <laughs> oh God, that was terrible. Uh, gripe number three: this fucking game Wordle. Let's talk about Wordle, okay? Can we stop? <laughs> Can we stop with Wordle, please? I assure you that absolutely nobody cares. But the results of your game, no one. It's an interesting game. Uh, I like it, don't get me wrong. But I'm not sharing my fucking... I did it once so that I could post it on Instagram as a, you know, a tease. A big market cock tease for the show. These little random online trends that come up like a ball of fire and then die out are very... They're always interesting. And this one even more so than others because the guy who made this thing... Uh, made it purposely so that anybody can play it for free. It's web-based. You don't need an app, nothing. And now you're seeing like dozens and dozens of Wordle ripoff games because it's an easy game to program. Apparently, I don't know fucking anything about this shit, but uh, this dude has made all kinds of games that have been, you know, flash in the pan, and they go away. Just like this thing, it'll go away. But every fucking morning, my Twitter feed is full of Wordle uh, results. Hey, congratulations. You can spell. Like, what the fuck? Again, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with the game itself. It's just that the, the pack mentality of the whole thing. And I wish I could think of like a, a similar thing. And I'm sure if I sat here and thought about it more and put more effort into my program that I probably could, but since I don't, I won't. But it, it'll it when it dies out, you're going to see a handful of hangers on, like, post something, and then a bunch of people get pissed off. Nobody fucking cares about Wordle anymore, dude. What a fucking loser. You still play that game? <laughs> That's what'll happen. 
guaranteed you're going to have anti-world crowd. Because you already have a bunch of people posting on Twitter, like, you know, everything I just said. Nobody fucking cares about your score, dude. <laughs> why, why does the guy sound like that? Why does the Wordle hate tweet sound like, oh, dude, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> this has been a bananas three gripes. I'm terribly sorry. If you've made it this far, congratulations. You sat through nonsense, whining, anger, and now whatever the fuck this is. I talked about chicken salad. But yeah, Wordle itself isn't the gripe. It's the, it's everything surrounding it. That's the gripe. Like, especially the people that try to fucking steal it to, to make money off it. Like, oof, fuck you. That's bullshit. That fucking heater just kick on by itself? It did. Oh, boy. Let me tell you something. The Broadcast Palace is fucking cold as shit. Tuesday, it was very cold out. Broadcast Palace. I don't think we got over 55 degrees in here. It's not It's not well insulated on the floor, so it's just very cold. So what happens... Ooh. I can't believe I didn't talk about that. Fuck. You know what? I'm going to save that for next week. There's another big market gawk tease for you. The community of complainers. Uh, that's it for the show. This has gone on way too long. Pretty sure I'm over an hour again. I went two weeks in a row not going over an hour. And then here I go over an hour. Not good. I hope you didn't hate this episode. Uh, I hope it was okay. Look, here's something I'm going to ask uh, the community. The community of complainers. This, I just came up with that. It may, It's stupid. But listen. If you do listen to the show, okay? And I, I've said this a thousand times. Tell your friends. Stupid hashtag. But apparently, apparently on TikTok, tell your friends is a very overused hashtag. But then again, I've put one thing on TikTok and it was terrible. And nobody watched it. Literally. I'm going to ask... If you could, like, literally share the episode with somebody. All right? Don't tell them anything. Say, hey, <laughs> hey, I just listened to this episode of this random podcast. Check it out. I don't know. Do something like that. I'm not asking for a ton. Well, maybe I am. No, I'm really not, though. Am I? No. Sharing the show with others. I would like to grow the audience because this week I got no voicemails. Which is a bummer. I love the voicemails. 617-657-4736. Call in. If you get drunk, you should have that in your phone. That way you can just call in. If you get high, you should have that in your phone so you can just call in. I love the inebriated voicemails. Those are the best. If you're tripping, oh, that would be, ooh, wow. How great would that be? If somebody's tripping balls and calls the show, if you partake, I'm asking you to kindly call the show when you're tripping balls. It would be nice. Uh, But, yeah, seriously, share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with anybody, really. I don't care what you do. I didn't think this episode was terrible. Uh, It may have been a little long-winded. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Like, literally, have a chat on the show. Let me know. Uh, If you know someone that that would be interesting and wants to be on the show, let me know. I haven't had a guest in a long time. I'd like to get another guest on the show. Again, I put feelers out for guests all the time, and 95% of the time I'm ignored. The other 5%, they just... They say, what is it that you do? Or, how many listeners do you have? And when you tell them four, they're like, oh, no, sorry, I'm out. Like, oh, Jesus. Sorry, I'm just trying to fucking build a brand here, you know? Um, I have uh, a Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod. I have an Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't do anything with. I have a TikTok, at Complaints Talk, T-O-K. Isn't that brilliant? At Complaints Talk, T-O-K. 
Complaints, T-O-K, all one word. I have a Twitch channel that I don't use. Uh, what else don't I use? Nope, that's it. I have an email address, showmail, at complaintsandobservations.com. Send me an email. You can go to the website, at complaintsandobservations.com. There's a blog on there. I try to write a blog every Friday. I wrote one last week. Check it out. It's worse than the show. Uh, but listen, tell your friends, tell your moms. Especially your moms. Tell your moms. I'd like to get more moms listening to the show. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. I'm hungry. That's why. Um, but listen, that's it. As always, I, I thoroughly enjoy doing this dumb shit. And um, if you get any sort of entertainment from it, God bless you. You're a better person than I am for sitting through this crap. Uh, but seriously, thank you so very much. Please. Um, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.